friend who just shared about when she found out her husband had an affair. It crushed her world. It was devastating. The beautiful thing is, is God did not lead her away from the marriage. He led her towards reconciliation because God is all about restoration. Welcome to You and Me and Jesus, a Christian marriage podcast. Welcome back, friends. This is Carrie. And this is Mindy. And we are happy to be recording again here with you because we love you. I mean, that may sound weird for us to say, but you're brothers and sisters in Christ. That means we're one family, we're one body, and they'll know we're Christians by our love. So we really try to put that into practice. Mm-hmm. We don't just think of you as these ambiguous people, these numbers out there of downloads. You're real people and you're brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we do love you, and we pray God does His great work in you. Yes, and maybe one day we'll meet. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yes. (laughs) So this is the second part of our session on sacrificial love. And we're going to continue through the verses in Romans chapter 12. All right, let's look at verses 17 and 18. It says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So this part about repaying no one evil for evil. I think especially applies in marriage because marriage is a context in which tit for tat can really become a thing where one person feels hurt by their spouse so they don't do for them this other thing that they know they need or want. And generally speaking, that means that grudges, silent treatment, withholding affection or sex or food or service, those have no place in a Christian marriage. So many divorces end with this kind of a mindset. Hmm. It grieves me, and I know it grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, you might talk to a friend, and they're talking about why they think they should get a divorce, and they have all of these reasons, all of these lists of evil that's been done to them, and they're basically repaying it with evil by saying, I want a divorce. And that is not the heart of God. God is about living peacefully. He's about making peace. He's about reconciliation. And he can't work reconciliation in your marriage if you both are having that attitude of, no, I'm going to get back at you. You treated me this way, and I don't deserve to be treated that way because I am this worthy person. You know, and that's such a worldly mindset that we hear nowadays. It's about sacrificial love. It's about waiting on the Lord, being patient in the tribulation, and being constant in prayer. Amen. And you know, when you bring up that context of what your friends might be saying to you as you're sharing with them your marriage struggles, something we hear said often, even from Christian friends, is you shouldn't have to put up with that. That kind of attitude is just fomenting this tit for tat, repay evil for evil sort of thing, rather than looking at the next phrase, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. So think about the context here. Repay no one evil for evil. So when evil's done to you, give thought to what is honorable. What should you be doing that's honorable in this situation? It makes me think of a friend who just shared about when she found out her husband had an affair. It crushed her world. It was devastating. 
And she went away on a little retreat and just said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? She had three little ones at the time. The beautiful thing is, is God did not lead her away from the marriage and say, I've given permission for you to divorce him because he's been unfaithful. He led her towards reconciliation in spite of his sin towards his wife. Hmm. She has a beautiful testimony now. She's a picture of hope to so many marriages that deal with that because God is all about restoration. How many times did he want to restore his people Israel in the Old Testament when they were unfaithful to him with idols? And he took them back and again and again. And that's what he wants for marriages. So when evil is done to you, give thought. Ask the Lord, what do I do with this? What do you want me to do in response? And then verse 18, where it says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. What I hear this saying in a nutshell is you, as an individual spouse in the marriage, are responsible before God to do what is right for your part. You're never off the hook in that way. Friends, we need to really rethink our attitudes about how we behave in marriage, how we interact with each other, how we relate. We should be doing what's honorable, not repaying evil for evil. Verse 19 and 20 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. You know, there are going to be times when your spouse truly does you wrong, does an evil toward you, does some hurtful thing, maybe even betrays your trust in some terrible way like an affair. It's never our place as Christ followers to become an avenger. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to make them pay. As Paul says it here, leave it to the wrath of God. I mean, think about it. God's more angry about the sin that's been done to you than you are. Because he's a holy God. It's an offense to him first before it's an offense to you. So God himself says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And I think what we hear in there is God is the one who knows best how to repay. He knows what needs to be done to either bring repentance, which will then have his wrath covered under the blood of Christ at the cross, or to actually bring judgment, which brings about that person being held responsible for their sin. Either way, God's the only one who is wise enough to know how to do that. And again, let's look at Christ's example of sacrificial love. He laid down his life for the whole world. He died for those sinners that he knew were going to reject him. And he died for those who killed him. Hmm. That's our attitude. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And so remember, Christ is living in you, husband and wife, and you have the mind of Christ. So the kind of love that you should be expressing is his sacrificial love. Yeah, which is what verse 20 describes. To the contrary, so instead of trying to have vengeance, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you'll keep burning coals on his head. Now, I don't think it's teaching us we should have this vindictive attitude that we're wanting to burn coals on their head because of (laughs) what they did. No, what he's saying is when you treat someone better than they deserve and they know it, That burning coals on their head is this picture of they can't stand it. Their conscience is eating them up. There's something happening that's getting their attention. There's bringing shame. Yeah, an appropriate shame. And so, friends, we got to act in love. we got to learn how to act in love, even when we're done wrong. That's really what this section is telling us. Then the last verse, I think, is just a big general summary for this whole section. 
that talked about sacrificial love. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So there is a resistance to evil that's implied in this verse and also an aggression toward evil. But that aggression is not, I'm going to go attack it and tear it down. It's, I'm going to replace it with good. I'm going to do what is good, and that is what will overcome evil. I just love all this instruction from the Lord, because if we are following His Word and obeying His Word in our marriage, then we can go back to the verse that talked about rejoice and hope, because you're going to see your marriage grow to be a loving, Christ-centered marriage. You're going to be rejoicing because of the blessing you're feeling and the love you're feeling from one another, and you're going to be hopeful that the years to come are going to be full of joy and full of blessing and peace. So we just want to encourage you that this is not a whole bunch of rules where you have to just buckle down and say, oh, this is going to be hard. I have to trudge through the mud my whole marriage and what a sacrifice. You're going to have a sacrifice here and there and you're going to have joy here and there. And it really gets to the point where there's joy most of the time because you and your spouse have developed good habits of obedience and good habits of sacrifice to where even the sacrifice doesn't feel sacrificial. Yeah. And those good habits are, if I could use this illustration, the channels by which the life of Christ in you comes out in practical action in the world. And think of Jesus himself pouring out his love on your spouse day after day after day. What's going to happen to them as an individual? How are they going to grow and flourish and become strong because of that love, and it's supposed to come through you as their spouse. What an opportunity and what a blessing. Yeah, what a privilege we have. Our assignment for y'all today is we would like for you to choose a section in Romans 12 that was either in part one or in part two of today, and pick out something that is an area where you really want to focus on that you believe the Lord is saying you need to grow in this area, and begin praying that God will help you to change, to get rid of your bad habits and start the new habits of obedience. And maybe even tell your spouse what you're working on and you can pray together and for each other. Yeah, you could even enlist your spouse and the two of you share the areas you're praying for individually and then pray for each other in that. That will help you in your humility too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mindy, why don't you pray for us as we wrap up? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for creating marriage And thank you for being the guide and the help for us as we learn to love one another sacrificially. I just pray, Father, that you will bless these spouses, husband and wife who are listening. Bless them with your grace, with your wisdom, and with your mercy in helping them to love their spouse. And I just pray, Father, that you will encourage them and give them hope to rejoice in as they see them developing new habits of obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is a production of Morning Mindset Media. Find out how you can become a monthly partner to help us help you and others get their minds aligned with the truth of God's Word. You can also find out about our other podcasts at morningmindsetmedia.com. But we really need to start the conversation with a clean biblical definition of love. Say it again. Read it again. We really need to start our conversation with a clean biblical. Clear biblical. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't even hearing what you were saying. That's funny. 
Perfect. Are we recording still? Yeah, I never hit stop. I think this kind of thing, this kind of teaching, it just kind of gets blah, 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 blah after a while. I agree. Start a conversation with your spouse about God's will for relationship, for your relationship. (laughs) I like that. I think that was good. Okay.